Readers Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Hello, everyone. The last Monday of September. It is almost to my Halloween times. I am very excited. And please be sure that you tune in all through October. I have amazing horror authors all lined up to get spooky with me. So definitely don't miss it. And today we are going to wrap up September with one of my favorites, a debut author. So I'm so excited that you guys are here to catch lightning in a bottle with her because her first book came out. And I can't wait for you to meet Lori. And I did forget to ask Lori how to pronounce her last name so that I hope that I'm not killing it. Lori Schoenfeld. Um, (laughs) She'll tell me if I'm saying it wrong. (laughs) But she currently resides in Utah with her husband, three kids, and dog Jack Wyatt Wolverine. She's a child abuse advocate, a Nancy Drew enthusiast, and is part cyborg. Teaching creative writing classes to her community is one of her favorite things to do when she's not having long conversations with her characters. I did put a link to Lori's website on the Blog Talk site, but I think it's still under construction. So definitely catch up with her on Facebook. She's very active over there. And I don't want to delay anymore. Lori, are you there? Hello, hello. You said my last name perfectly. Ah, <laughs> uh, yay, yay. When the, when the show music started, I looked at my notes and went, shoot, I didn't confirm with her how to say her last name. <laughs> I really have been doing this a long time, but some days. <laughs> I'm going to blame it on Mercury retrograde. I think that Mercury started retrograding today, so that's my, that's going to be my excuse. <laughs> So congratulations on your first book coming out. Do you want to tell everybody about Little Owl and why they should run Grab It? Yes, thank you so much. Um, Little Owl is all about an unstable mother. Uh, The main character is Adeline Rushner. And she comes from a background of childhood abuse and PTSD where she has a now family of her own where she's trying to create consistency consistency and stability within her family, um, but she's really struggling with how to do that as her own trauma is continuing to spiral within her own life. Um, so when she has her girls taken right from her front yard and they're presumed dead, her whole world comes to a complete halt where she cannot accept that this is her reality as she wanted to create something so much more and now it's gone. And what this does is this propels her and takes her down a journey of trying to figure out what happened to her girls, the Rushner girls, and also try to figure out what lies she's been telling herself and what lies those around her have been telling her as well. Um, stems from her own trauma and PTSD within her childhood. Wow. So I wanted to ask you, because when I was reading the blurb on the book, I really got the strong feeling that um, part of thrillers and suspense sometimes rely on unreliable narrators. Is that kind of what you were working with when you wrote this book? Absolutely. I am a huge fan of multiple POV 
as well as unreliable narratives. And Little Al is a blend of both, um, where we play in, you know, seven different characters trying to figure out who's good, who's bad, what lies connect to who, um, it, which also gives it kind of a whodunit type feel, which is one of my favorites as well. Um, and we just kind of weave all of that together within Little Al, keeping you guessing on the twists and turns throughout the whole entire book. Oh, I love it. And I wanted to ask you about the inspiration for this book, because a lot of times when a debut book comes out, it's it's different than, like, I have a book coming out next week, and I write it much faster than I did my first book that I rewrote many times and that kind of thing. So can you tell us a little bit about the inspiration for this book and how long you've been working on it? You know, what kind of journey has it been to get this book out into the world? Yes, congratulations on your book coming out. That's super exciting. Thank you. Lisa. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, I'm very yes. excited. I think it's book number 40, so whoo. <laughs> it never gets old. <laughs> <laughs> I love that question because this has been um, an 11-year journey where, for me, there were a lot of story ideas and a lot of books that um, came in that I worked on as I was also writing Little Al, but I continued to keep coming back to Little Al, trying to learn my craft specifically within this book. Um, you know, there were a lot of pieces when I was going through my own healing journey of trying to figure out uh, what PTSD looks like and what childhood trauma looks like within my own life. Um, I was also really investigating those pieces within my characters in a fictional way as well, which was interesting because the pieces that I personally was struggling with trying to understand within my own life, it was much easier for me to look at those pieces within a fictional character because um, it wasn't as scary and it was more playful and wondrous because you're going through a journey with an avatar of, oh, we're going in this deep, dark, scary hole, um, but it's okay because we're going to figure it out where in real life, oftentimes the deep, dark, scary hole, we're like, we don't want to go in there. We're not going to get out. You know what I mean? And so um, I investigated a lot of my own journey with Adeline Rushner, my main character, but it also unfolded and became its own uh, journey and their own stories as well. We just were kind of on the journey together, figuring out our own inner battles. So um, I feel like it really needed that 11 years because it was very much a part of my heart was invested in trying to understand myself and right. um, also the story as well. So, And you're, you're a mom, you have three kids and how scary, like the worst fear of a mother is something happening to your children. So how scary was it for you writing those kind of scenes in this book? Did it hit close to home? Um, Yeah, it was, I started writing um, originally not planning for this to be a novel Um, when I, you know, when my little girls, my youngest was one and my oldest was three at the time. And as I was having a lot of PTSD coming in within my life, one of my 
biggest fears was this panic that sat on my chest all the time that something horrible was going to happen to them. And I could not figure out how to help support myself and allow myself to feel this fear, but how to also move forward from this fear as well. And writing was a big part for me of placing all my fears on paper, being very honest about what I was feeling, why I was feeling it, investigating through my writing. And that was kind of the first thing that helped me be able to take a look at my own healing journey of what was scaring me, what was giving me my own triggers. Um, But then also it developed into the story that I had never planned on creating just naturally and organically the more I started investigating my own questions to why I'm feeling fear. Um, So, yeah, it definitely, it was definitely scary, but it was also very healing um, as I allowed myself to be really honest about that I have fears, that I'm really afraid, but that I also want to find a way to move through my fears as well, which was very relatable and healing to me as well. I love that. And so that sort of dovetails into my my next question is about um, readers always like to know what a writer's journey looked like to, did you always want to be a novelist or did that happen through you exploring your own PTSD and then you went, hey, I have an idea for a book or, you know, what what did your writing journey look like? I, when I was a little kid, I was that kid that had like seven things I wanted to be when I grew up and writing was one of them. (laughs) I wanted to be an author, um, you know, and I wanted to interview other authors and I wanted to be a reporter and a mom. And so it's really interesting that this novel, I feel like blended so many pieces of those seven different things for me where I was bringing all of my journey as a mom into the story. I was becoming my own investigator and reporter. Um, I was able to talk to my characters and interview them like I was having a show, um, but then also write the story. And so I brought all those little pieces together to be um, all that I wanted to be in Little Al. But, yeah, I've always wanted to be an author and a writer, Um, I never dreamed of writing this type of a story. It was more, uh, when I grew up, it was more like I want to do mysteries and I want to do like paranormal fantasy was kind of where my wheelhouse was for a long time. Um, But my heart was really calling to this specific story that this was the one that I needed to write and I needed to share for me, but then also that there was a message in there for those who would read it as well that needed it as well. So, I love that. And so does that mean that you see yourself writing different genres in the future, or are you going to stick with thrillers? I am playing around with multiple genres. Right now I'm actually writing um, two contemporary fiction novels and also working on a nonfiction but I do love thriller and mystery too. So I'm an open book with trying um, lots of different genres and, and weaving and moving to whatever the ideas spring forward. I love that. So your next, your next book, um, it, we were talking before the show started about Little Owl, if it would be a standalone or a series, and you had mentioned that you think it might become a series. Are you going to write more more in that 
world? Yes. Yes. I left it open as, you know, that it would be okay as a standalone with the possibility of a series. And um, thankfully, the readers have loved it and have asked, please tell me there's more. So there will definitely be a series in the future leading um, Connecting to Little Owl. Yay. So everyone who has read Little Owl out there, there, there will be more. You heard it here. <laughs> Lori <laughs> promised. <laughs> okay. Well, that also, um, I know that you, besides authoring, you wanted to be a reporter and an interviewer and all that kind of thing. And you sort of are doing that as well because you have your own podcast called the Enlightenment Enlightenment Podcast. Do you want to tell everyone about that? Yes, I would love to. Um, a few years ago, I had an idea that I wanted to start a show where I could talk to people about the things that I just think are so cool about them and their life. And the reason why I was so excited about this is, you know, I would have chats with people in my community or friends down the street or somebody at the grocery store, and they would tell me these fascinating stories about their life. And I would mention how cool their story was, and their comment would be, you know, it's really not that exciting, or no, I don't really think that it has that much value. And I was completely taken back on how often, and I've even been in this space myself, where we don't give ourselves a lot of credit on how fascinating and amazing and cool we are as humans and how each story that we have may not seem super cool to us, but to someone listening in that has never experienced the thing that they have, it's really quite amazing and very powerful um, to those who are listening. And so I started the Enlightenment podcast as a home base uh, for people to come and share their stories, to have a safe platform where they felt that it was safe and supported, where they could share whatever cool, unique um, story experience piece of their life that they wanted to share um, to not only help themselves be able to find their own voice, but to help those who are listening to their messages as well. As, you know, when we share our stories, it's not just about us. There is someone out there that also is going through something very similar that really needs to hear that message that someone is sharing. And so uh, that just got started two years ago, and it's expanding and growing. Um, I love talking to people. Uh, Like I had mentioned before, people are really amazing, (laughs) and I learn a lot from I I learn a lot from everyone that I talk to um, as we're just really cool. So, and I get to interview. It does feel like an interview. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love that. And how do, for people who are listening now, how do they find the Enlightenment podcast? Where can they listen? Yes. So they can go on Facebook. It is under the Enlightenment Podcast. Um, you can also find it on Anchor, on Authors on Air, under the Enlightenment Podcast, as well as on YouTube, um, over on Authors on Air and the um, 
podcast is the Enlightenment Podcast. So it's just pretty organic across, you know, all social media of the Enlightenment Podcast. And how often do you do your podcast? It is every Monday at 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Oh, so, so you're a Monday a show, too. You kick off your week with new yes. friends every week, too. <laughs> yes. Hello. Starting out fresh and exciting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that can be good or bad, but hopefully usually good. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Totally good. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, dovetailing with that, you also do panels um, called Illuminating Voices, but that's a little bit different than the podcast, right? Do you want to tell everybody about that? Yes. So we just did um, our last Illuminating Voices panel was actually on Saturday. And what the Illuminating Voices panel is, it's very similar to the Enlightenment podcast, except we have multiple speakers Um, that speak on the same day. So on Saturday, we had three speakers, uh, three amazing Radiant Women women speakers that talked about resilience, finding joy, and creating a life of fulfillment. And so um, every panel, we have specific topics that we talk about um, and different themes that uh, relate specifically to women and creativity that we do quarterly. So the next one is going to be in November. I want to say it's November 15th um, where we'll have the next panel on that. Oh, very cool. But people can still watch it, right? If they weren't there live, can they still catch it? Yes. So it is, that's a really great question. It is virtual. Um, It is over on the Illuminating uh, Voices Facebook page as well as it's connected on all my social media links as well. Uh, they're free events, so anyone can join um, to these panels and listen into these messages as well as share to their friends and family as well. Oh, I love that. Very cool. Thank you. <laughs> so I was going to ask you, who inspires you when you are getting ready to write? I I know I have some go-to authors that I read and I, I think, oh, I got to get back to the keyboard and write something because it just always fires me up. Do you have um, favorite writers that you read that, you know, encourage you to keep at your craft? Yes, I have a few. I'm a huge fan of Mary Higgins Clark. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a big fan of Nancy Drew as well. And then Mary Higgins Clark, all of her books, just she inspires me so much with how she consistently showed up and wrote. um, Gosh, that lady wrote multiple novels a year. And every single novel was so very diverse and very different, which... Um, I love, she does a lot of multiple POV characters as well. So um, I have her on my dream board. I actually have a dream board in my writing office. So she's up there on my dream board of someone I aspire to be like, as well as Julia Cameron, who is the author of The Artist Way. Uh, She's been a huge advocate for me on, 
you know, when I'm getting too much in my head space about making my writing perfect or that it has to be a certain way, I'm really going back to reminding myself that writing is a space of play and wonder and creativity and that when you're more in the space of your heart center of enjoying your craft, the more the readers that read your work will also enjoy it as well too. And so both of them are on my, on my dream board of just remembering that I want to be like both of them for different reasons, but um, they both inspire me a lot as an artist. Oh, I love, I love that. Um, Have you ever read uh, Judy Reeves has the writer's book of days? And I, I always, when people are talking about, you know, staying inspired to write, that book was a huge one for me when I was starting because she not only encourages you to write with, with um, prompts every day, but also to play and to have fun and to enjoy mm-hmm. it. You get to write. It's not a chore. <laughs> so, yes. and, and just changing yes. it from I have to write to I get to write really changes mm. your whole frame of, of reference, you know. I love that. Just you saying that, I got really excited, you know, like just the energy behind the words of I get to write is so exciting. It's like, yes, right? I do. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I do yeah. get to. I'm so lucky. <laughs> I, I got to meet uh, Ray Bradbury a couple times before he died, and he was such an inspiration and could just make you cry talking about words, but he would, he would get so fired up in his wheelchair, all excited, and he would go, Jesus Christ, you get to get up and write every day. You're a god. <laughs> you know, and I was like, oh, my God, I am a god. What? So, yes. <laughs> just a little bit of that enthusiasm, you know. He would say, I wake up every day, and I'm like, oh, my God, I get to write. <laughs> wow. I'm 90. I hope I'm that enthusiastic about getting to the keyboard. <laughs> yes. I love that so much. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. A hundred percent. And how has it been for you? I know, um, you know, plague times has been a challenge for everyone. And a lot of us joke that, you know, writers have been training for this day our whole lives because we sit in our writing cave alone and write. But (laughs) that's not necessarily true because I have a lot of friends who like to go write, you know, out at a coffee shop. So suddenly being stuck inside for two years has, you know, really crimped their, their creative writing style because there's less, you know, people watching and that kind of thing. Have you experienced any change to your writing, you know, during these, these COVID times? Um, For sure. Definitely. The people watching has been different because I'm a huge people watcher and I love that too. That sparks my creativity a lot. Um, So, you know, obviously with being inside, you don't get that aspect per se of people watching in the same way that I would go to, you know, the park or, you know, go to a, right, or go a ride bird show or, or a coffee shop. Yeah. Right. right, right, for sure. But it's been interesting is um, I've shifted it a little bit to use different sensory details because I've felt that lack of creativity with people watching. Um, I do a lot more visuals on my computer, so I pull up different characters or I listen to music more or 
Um, I smell different scents more often. Um, I definitely go on a lot more walks than I ever used to just to get that sense of nature and grounding um, and to find that, you know, spark of joy, you know, within the clouds or trees or birds or whatever it looks like, even though it's different than what I used to do. Um, but it's definitely still sparked a lot of curiosity and a lot of joy for me, just in a completely different way than what I was used to. So, right, right. Yeah. There have been pluses and, and we were talking before the show about all of us have learned to use zoom and we've all learned to, you know, use technology to reach out and, and like your debut book has come out and you probably haven't done in-person signings, but you've gotten to meet people from, you know, all over the world, probably through online events, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's definitely, I love that we talked about that earlier, too, because it's definitely expanded. Um, there's been a lot of people that I've connected to now and in different ways than I'd never had done before online. You know, I'm talking to people just all over the world, um, readers that are really enjoying Little Al that are making these really cool like memes and posters and there's just this really cool connection even though it's not person to per you know in person connection right. it's still really a very cool experience to be talking to people in all different areas of the world about their experience and why they're loving the characters and why they're loving the book and you know kind of what they're appreciating within life right now and their struggles. Um, so, I mean, there's definitely pros and cons. It's just, again, goes back to it's a very different experience, but there's so many beautiful ways of connecting that are just different um, yes. than what we've done before, but I'm grateful for them. So, Yeah, yeah. and I, I do feel like that is one of the good things to come out of the whole worldwide plague times is that, we've all learned how to be virtual and that makes it more possible for a lot more people to participate because it used to be, you know, I would go to two or three book conferences a year and meet readers there and do signings and that kind of thing. But if you aren't able to travel, you know, you're left out of those opportunities. And now that we can do things on zoom and stuff like that, you, you can be in, everyone can be involved, you know, so there's not that, um, you know, if you've got somebody who can't travel or they're too far or whatever, they're not left out. I mean, from Australia, you can come in on the zoom and be, you know, (laughs) part of the action, which is really cool. Yeah. Yep. For sure. I like to how it's kind of, I feel at, at least in my perspective, it stretched me to be even more creative. <laughs> so it's kind of yeah. helped me to even get outside of the box for myself a little bit and say, okay, yeah, I know we can't go out in person, but I still want to reach people and I still want to connect with people. How can I creatively find a way to be able to do that that's fun and playful and quirky where I can connect to people. And so it's kind of almost pushed me out of my little comfort box to go and find those spaces as well. So I've appreciated the growth that I've learned from that also. That's so cool. Well, we're rapidly running out of time, but I wanted to find out what's next for you. What should readers look for next? 
Where's your next book coming? When? <laughs> I can see yes. it. <laughs> it's a Monday. You're doing great. You're doing great. <laughs> Thank you. You're so welcome. Um, I am editing multiple books right now. Um, I'm writing a book at the moment and drafting it called um, The Sun is My Virus. And it's about a girl who's just allergic to the sun and during a pandemic. And um, she connects with the boy who his mom just found out that he had, that his mom just found out that she had cancer. And so they are now kind of trying to understand this world of being inside with the pandemic, but also um, their experiences are very different from a girl that's very used to being inside and not knowing what the world looks like versus a boy who is used to being outside and now is faced with trying to look at how to stay more inside to protect his mom. And so um, that's one that I wrote based on, I have an autoimmune disorder. And so um, I kind of got to bring in that piece of myself a little bit of different conversations and questions that, you know, I often wonder um, about myself, but also especially when there is a pandemic, you know, what that looks right. like and how that's different for that perspective. So that will be out. The plan is to have that out next year, at the end of next year. And oh, uh, that's what I'm working on right now. So, Okay. Well, everybody, be sure to go check out Little Owl. It's available everywhere now. And thanks so much, Lori, for being here with us. It was great meeting you. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, and great. good luck with the next book. Can't wait to read it. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on Book Lights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.